Well, greetings and salutations, one and all, to part two of our career discography breakdown of the Beatles, right here on Career Perspectives. I am joined by my two incredible good friends, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. Ooh. Oh. So we're back once again, as, as the title of this podcast suggests, alludes to, and whatever you want to call it. Uh, tonight, we're breaking out part two, the second half of the Beatles catalog, right here on Career Perspectives for a career discography breakdown i know mike likes to pick me about that that word but yes it yeah, discography- and in honor of that i'm taking my hat off and showing my bald head today as an honor to your discography pronunciation so is that yeah, two firsts for the show the first two yeah and the first mike without a hat yeah wow. that's it hey you gotta you gotta throw it around sometime you know fix it up exactly so um but yeah so let's get right into it shall we let's jump over to uh, so we we last week was the end of part one was Rubber Soul. So the album right after Rubber Soul was Revolver in 1966. Um, let's jump. Um, how do we do this? Dude, I forget. I completely forgot. Do we talk about yeah, the album at all, or do we, do we do the track listing? Right. We did the yeah, album yeah, first. You, well, you went first last time, and then you just talked about the album. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to blank for all of a sudden. Um, yeah, so um, Revolver, it's funny. Going into, so coming off of Rubber Soul, which was, a, a to me, an album that really solidified how albums can become albums. Um, and the Beatles led the, the forefront of that. You know, this was kind of like their doubling down of like, we're going to try it. We're going to try doing another album. Instead of just a collection of songs, like, you know, a couple of hit singles and a couple of covers, we're going to do a complete statement album again. But this time it was it was with Revolver. And the, some of the songs on here, were just so like uh, much more experimental than Rubber Soul, in my opinion. Much more, very, very much so, like with string incorporations, um, with different, you know, s- ly- lyrical storytellings and stuff like that. Um, like, like Eleanor Rigby's on here, Yellow Submarine is on here, um, Tomorrow Never Knows, got, got to Get You Into My Life is on here. So there's a bunch of really, really great songs off of most of their catalog on this record. Um, like Taxman, uh, Love You Too, like George Harrison Penn single in there. Um, really good stuff. So, I mean, this is kind of where the Beatles took off as far as a psychedelica band. You know, like, uh, you know, like a, this is like their, I mean, and then when we get down to Sgt. Pepper in a minute, Sgt. Pepper kind of like really ha- hammered that in the forefront of everyone's mind. Like, wow, that's Sgt. Pepper. Um, let me get down to my track listing really quick here. So th- that's kind of my, that's my background on Revolver. Let me go to the track listing for a sec. Um, give me one second. Uh, so the track listing is as follows. Uh, the Taxman, Eleanor Rigby, I'm Only Sleeping, Love You Too, uh, Here, There, and Everywhere, Yellow Submarine, and She Said, She Said. That was side one. Side two goes Good Day Sunshine and Your Bird Can Sing for No One. Dr. Robert, I Want to Tell You, Got to Get You Into My Life, and Tomorrow Never Knows. Um so going into this as an album, if you're if you've never heard the Beatles before, first and foremost, get on it. You should just have to check it out first and check them out first and foremost. But definitely, this I would say that if I was if I was saying to someone, I would say to someone, listen to Rubber Soul first and then go to this one after that. That's me personally because the, my standard tracks in here just are like some of the songs I've heard live by Paul McCartney live, um, and he's sung a couple of these live. He's sung actually Eleanor Rigby live. Uh, that's one of my standard tracks. Um, excuse me. Uh, Yellow Submarine, for whatever reason, just always makes me smile. 
It just makes you like they get a little like you know not, not giddy, but just like oh, that's a charming one. Um, God get you, God get you into my life is always a fun track to to go back to um all the time actually. Uh, and also, Good Day Sunshine, man, that's just a, just a great song to listen to. And all these songs are just about just under three minutes, except for like Tomorrow Never Knows is actually at three minutes exactly. So, um, and so is Love You Too, and so is um I'm Only Sleeping. But you know, listening to it. Listening to Revolver, this is when you start to hear different t- sort of sounds, different sort of experimentations, different sort of uh, sound. Like George Harrison was very much into like, you know, like the Middle Eastern sound. Like you listen to you know, stuff like Love You Too, or you listen to um, something like uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, or no, I'm sorry, not Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, like, Love You Too, and I'm oh, sorry, Taxman, that's one. Um, like you can definitely hear like George Harrison's influence of like, you know, the, here's the George Harrison songs. Here's the John Lennon songs. Here's the, you can definitely hear like them branching off into what they would eventually want to do as as far as their solo careers. Like I think I think I, was, I think it started here. Truthfully, in my opinion, like like the what like the the McCartney direction went this way, like as far as like sounds wise, and then it went into like you know like what, what I'm trying to say is George Harrison, like you know especially George Harrison in my opinion, um he was just like his style, his his instrumentations on this album really shine a lot more than I thought they did. More than when I originally heard them, if you know what I mean. It was very, like, it's just, it's so, I have, we only have so much time, but like I just want to say that this is one of my favorite records of them. Uh, as I said, my standard tracks are Taxman, um, Eleanor Rigby, uh, Lo- uh, Love You Too, Yellow Submarine, Good Day Sunshine, uh, Got to Get You Into My Life, and Tomorrow Never Knows. Uh, just a, a bunch of really just solid tracks you can just, you can listen to and just really get to know like what the Beatles were like in 1966. Um, that's me personally. So I mean, I'm going to let, um, uh, I'm going to give my, my, my rating where it is now. Right. Yep. yep. Okay. So my rating is I, I'm going to put revolver. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. again, for those of you who have listened to us in a period of time, we're doing a, a, a album ranking as well. Revolver for me is going to sit at number four. For me on the Beatles, Kyle. and Kyle's keeping track of that. So when, when it comes to the end of the show, we'll read off everything there. But yeah, um, to me, Revolver sits at number four for me as as a Beatles album, um, just because the because the experimentation that expanded off of Rubber Soul and went into this album, it really a lot. I mean, did all of it hold up to date? Some of it is a little like dated, of course. Like you listen to like Love You Too, like the opening that opening chord, it just it gets you. But the rest of it is like, you know, like it's. I could say so much right now. Forgive me, I'm going off on my tangents, but uh, but yeah, like it's I a very a, a very unique album of its own, and they, where the Beatles started to experiment around even more than they did with Rubber Soul. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, Mike, talk to me. Revolve. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's interesting as we go through all the albums. I'm starting to, uh, you know, learn the parts of the Beatles that I liked. The fact that a lot of the songs that I love from them were released as singles, not on an actual album as part of a thematic kind of um, story. But the ones that I really liked were kind of released as singles. Hey Jude, um, you know, Penny Lane, all the kind of classic songs that I really enjoyed. Um, And that like as a full album, I definitely found a lot of their uh, experimental um stuff where it wasn't necessarily one of their hit songs but it was like hey we're gonna do some weird stuff i find myself not liking that as much and 
I'm not your your quintessential Beatles fan in the sense of liking their albums as a whole piece uh, as an expression. I'm more so like something that sticks in my head and and uh, and touches me. And uh, I didn't find too much here that touched me on Revolver. It might be blasphemous to speak such words. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was. I don't like the experimental side of the Beatles. If I if they do experiment, uh, then there has to be something within that experimentation that kind of hits me, hits a chord. So um, yeah, on Revolver, I mean, Taxman, it was okay. It just reminded me of Batman, to be honest with you. And uh, like um, you know, I just felt like there was some stuff here and there. You know, I I'm not a big fan of like. When they break out the like, you know, the Indian kind of like, uh, you know, like yeah. Buddhist kind of stuff. I'm not a fan of like um, some of just the kind of uh, instrumentation they had on this album. I prefer like the hokey Beatles from the beginning or like the memorable Beatle Beatles from like, um, you know, in the mid to the end of their career. But this is the kind of area that I felt like what they did for music far outweighs the fact that this album doesn't really sit with me well it what they did for music far is more important and i appreciate that and that's why i appreciate the album but for me it's 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 10 um on my list so it's pretty low um you know i know there's probably a lot of people over there like ready to take me and beat me in the streets which um by all means uh please um teach Mike me can take you on. why i should like yeah take me on but you know what i'm trying to say is as an album not something I can listen to and find a lot, but as what it did for music, a far more appreciative, like uh, how it influenced and people took what they learned from this album and actually applied the songs that I really love. So I'm grateful, appreciative of that. But uh, yeah, for me, it's just that it's 10 out of the, out of the ranking uh, or the uh, Beatles um, catalog. Okay. And um, is, that, is that all you got? That's all I got, man. I'm a, I'm a bing, bang, boom. I'm a straight shooter. And uh, you know, that's how we go. Mike's all about the bing, bang, boom tonight. And uh, Kyle, bing, bang, boom. Bing, yeah, what do you got? Kyle, what do you got for a revolver? <laughs> uh, I, believe it or not, I agree with Mike on just about every hey. single one of his points here, <laughs> other than the like the actual ranking in and of itself. Uh, yes, I mean, this is kind of where they started. To, you could argue Rubber Soul is where they started to experiment, but this is really where that the psychedelics really hit pretty hard in the experimentation. And... Uh, not not too well uh you know my favorite songs from this one are the ones that i think sound more like those as mike said like the hokey beatles from earlier in their career like tax man eleanor rigby uh and your bird can sing those are my top three but i mean yellow submarine classic song i'm a sucker for the ringo songs uh and also good day sunshine is such a good time it's such a feel-good fun song uh really love that one but then there's a lot of, and you know, this might be, might be a blasphemous to say, a lot of garbage <laughs> on here. Uh, <laughs> that run of three songs from I'm Only Sleeping, Love You Too, and Here, There, and Everywhere is atrocious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hated every one of these. Getting through this part of the album was rough, especially after Taxman and Eleanor Rigby. I was like, what just happened? I was like, my hopes were up here, and now you're just like plummeted some of my least favorite songs right there uh also tomorrow never knows such a stupid pretentious sounding song let's just throw <laughs> that out there this is the kind of john lennon that i can't stand 
and here it is on full display. But also I completely agree with Mike. Uh, I've never been a fan of like the incorporating of like the more Indian instrumentation, like the sitar in there, like not a fan. And also I forgot to mention Yellow Submarine did not uh, hold up uh, for me as I remember when I was a kid and it would come on the radio. I remember I would tell my mom like this is such a fun song because it's like a sing along song like kids would sing. Uh, But then as I like as I began to listen to it again, I just literally went like, why did I like this? Uh, I really said that to myself and I was just like, it's it's gimmicky and it's like. I can't not think of the Beatles without thinking this, which I think is a genius thing. Like if you're able to really cement yourself with um, a specific song and a specific like um, sound, it's pretty cool. But overall, it just it's just something I never wanted to really like re-listen to once I um, listened to it from the days. I mean, that's that's totally fair. It's 100 percent just a gimmicky song and. I think it works. I think it's still fun. Definitely doesn't hold up, you know, as much. It's very repetitive, but it's it's short enough. I mean, so for me, taking all that into account, the highs are pretty high on this one. And I, like Mike said, I appreciate what this did for music moving forward. I don't think it's the best experimental Beatles album by any stretch. Uh, this goes at number seven for me. So pretty much right in between your guys' rankings. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. You heard it here first, ladies and germs. Um, moving on to uh, what I believe is a damn near perfect album uh, to their next album, uh, which is called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Try saying that 25 times fast, right? <laughs> Let's be real. Um, no, but this is where I... It's funny. I remember when this album turned 50 in 2017... Um, I actually, um, well, how to explain this? I listened to, because 2017 was also the year I saw Paul McCartney live in concert, um, back in, back then for the first time. Uh, so I was going through like a Beatles phase, whatever. I'm out of high school, I'm doing whatever. And it's funny. I did a lot of research on this album. There were, there were FM radio stations that played this album, from start to finish, when it first came out, for the first two or three or maybe even four days of when it first came out. I don't, I don't know if anyone ever knew that, but that's that actually is true. Um, and because the if you look at the time period, like there was like it was like I forget when it was like 1966 was Revolver. Their next album was Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, like almost a year later. So there was definitely like how the world was watching for what the Beatles were going to do next. And what they made was truly a work of incredible art, in my opinion. Uh, of course, um, there are some things that I liked about this record. There's some things I did not like about, about this record, but I'm going to get into all of it in a moment. But yeah, just want to get that background. There, there, but actually, there, there, that is true, though. That there, were, there were FM, like regular radio stations, that would play nothing but this album for the first three or four days it was released. So put that in mind for a sec. You want to listen to a whole, a whole album on the radio for because like, the, the the man was just so high to hear just this one album. It's almost like, but Taylor Swift is kind of doing that today, almost in a sense. Um, but yeah, so the close we 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 might never hear those words again. But let's just put it that way. Um, let me go down to the track listing for a sec for Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. There, are, I was listening to this again on the way home today from work, uh, just to refresh my memory once again, as always. Um, but 
you man, man, you gotta. Uh, this is just a splurge of just great song after great song. The title track, yes. Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band is a great song, and the the very fact that they, they coupled it in the recording process too, with a little help from my friends, where McCartney's the lead vocal here, and then it was segues right into with a little help from my friends. I love that. I still love. I, you can't listen to one without the other, in my opinion. You can't listen to this song without listening to that song back to back. That's just how I, I personally interpret it. Um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, man, oh man. You want to talk about LSD? LSD, Lucy Sky Diamonds. There you go. It, it sounds like you're a trip <laughs> on acid. There you go. So, um, uh, but and then we get into some other tracks that are are, are still my favorite. Um, so some of the best. So some of my favorite songs that are just off this record in general. But getting better. Uh, it's just a f- quick, fun song. L- fixing a hole. Um, it's just it's like the, the this and the Beatles like had like songs. That you couldn't really identify the sounds that they were making. I mean, they started that with a revolver, but then they like fixing hole. I don't, I don't know what that for opening sound is on that record. You know, it's just it's incredible. Um, she's leaving home. Uh, great harp introduction. It's a really nice story. The ballad. It's a, a, a the dueling vocals between Lennon and McCartney were just great. Uh, and then we get to my least favorite song on the record that I've heard live twice. <laughs> Being for the benefit of Mister Kite. Yes, you heard that right. I've I've seen that song live twice. I, Paul McCartney, if you're ever going to listen to us, ever, don't ever play this song again. No one needs to hear this one song live ever again. Just saying, it's a great, it's a, it's a good song. It's not a great song. It's very trippy. The very the ending of it is like spliced sounds together, and it's very like strange. I don't know why you play it live, but that's me. Side two opens with, with within you with without you. Um, a George a George Harrison track again, like that Indian satire sound um it's the longest um one of the longest songs on the record but it's not bad it's it's actually i, I like it but it's like you know i don't go back to it as often as I, I used to um when i'm 64 is just a great song just like it, i feel like it's played at weddings a lot truthfully i feel like it's like a good one to play like you know will you still need me will you still feed me when i'm 64 that's a good wedding song not like as a slow dance song which is like as a a fun song to play at a wedding uh lovely Rita, just a great track there uh, just about like uh, you know, just just Paul McCartney doing being Paul McCartney in the Beatles, nothing better. Uh, good morning, good morning, great song. Uh, and then again, you want to talk about segueing songs together, like weaving them together. You had "Good Morning, Good Morning" into the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band reprise, which I did hear that live too. I heard that live in 2017, and that was great. Uh, and then actually, I did hear I did hear this is my fourth favorite song of all time, gents. Uh, a Day in the Life by the Beatles is my fourth favorite song of all time. Uh, I love this song. It is a masterpiece, and it's an and it's a great closer to a the perfect closer to a, a near perfect album, in my opinion. Um, it's hard to argue uh, that last E chord on the three pianos that they did for the ending of the Day in the Life is just fantastic. Um, I love it. It's a great, great, great song, and it re- and it's got some hidden meanings, hitting meanings in it as well. Uh, truthfully. It's got like a, the, the 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. That's 4,000 assholes in Blackburn, Lancashire. That's John Lennon being John Lennon. Um, not kidding when I say that either. Um, but yeah, like th- there's, I can go off. Uh, there's so much to say about this record. Like, you know, I get high with a little help from my friends, Lucent Scout Diamonds. There are some really just all around great songs on this album. Uh, so gonna, and this is why this might come as a surprise, gents. This is my number one. This is Whoa. my number one. 
Yes, I Damn, say dude. I know big words, big words by the J Man here. J Man is throwing some big Damn, words. bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, Mike. Um, yeah, this is my number one uh, of the Beatles. Just an all around incredible trip. It, it, it's it's really the, a concept album at its finest, truthfully. And I I could not be any happier. It, it, it's my number one Beatles album by far uh, on my list. But uh, I know I know some people are like, well, how could it? it's it's, it's a cop out? Well. Can it be though? I don't know. Um, no, but it's I can I can say so much more about this, but I'm I'm very curious to see what Mike has to say about this. About Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. What do you got, Mike? Well, um, yeah. So uh, once again, you know, I firmly believe no one really ever figures out how to, to um, you know, Kyle, you, you know, me. We've all had this conversation about. Uh, finding a good mixture, a good balance. And I feel like in the very beginning, like Rubber Soul Revolver, that balance was off, in my opinion, of like how to rein in the psychedelics and 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 figure out a way to do an album that kind of brings justice to one side, but then doesn't kind of like trample the other. Um, so I actually really enjoyed this album. It's actually one of those albums that where it does have some low points um, on it, you know, with some kind of stuff, you know, there's some fun, hokey kind of, you know, um, corny stuff like the Beatles always took that opportunity to to do strange things um, on these kinds of songs in order to kind of um, extend a lot of different elements, you know, like uh, they really do do a bunch of different kind of uh, um, different little kinds of things on it. Um, if you want to go to the track listing. Me. Here we go. It's, We're uh, taking a look at the track listing. There it is, track listing. Um, but you know, yeah, it opens with that kind of um classic feel. You know, great song uh with a little help from my friends. I do enjoy the vocals of um you know Ringo giving that kind of dynamic to the usual. Um, great song. You know, you hit up with Lucy and the Sky Diamonds, another great song. Um, and I, I even enjoyed the kind of corny, weird stuff going on in the next uh, three-song run, getting better, fixing a whole issues. Um, you know, those are like kind of that weird little area there. Um, happy kind of feeling stuff. Uh, She's leaving home, a great song. Uh, you know, has such a sad, tragic feel to it. Um, I enjoy kind of stuff like that in music. I like the sad, tragic feeling of music, but I just kind of get the benefit for that. But not the benefit of Mr. Kite. That's for sure. You know, I agree with you there. Meh. Could do without it. Um, you know, then you got some weird stuff here too, but then, you know, it kind of rounds out with some cool songs here. Um, you know, Day in the Life, another great uh highlight uh song. So it's got a lot of uh great things going on. It's got a lot of quintessential classic Beatles feel to it. Um, definitely stylistically, artistically. The whole nine yards and the satire or the sitar that they were doing is definitely uh, one of those things that I, I definitely can never get into. Um, so saying all that, this is a uh, five number five. Um, yeah. And I, uh, it, it wow. definitely, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it, it in its, in itself has a lot of corny kind of uh, weirdo kind of stuff um, on that, uh, like the beginning of the second half. But I enjoy it, and it kind of uh, gives it a certain characteristic. Um, the beginning is a strong beginning, and uh, you know, um, it got a good song at the end, and it's got some uh, mixture in between. So, um, just for importance alone as well, um, I try not to rule that in as like a 
uh, thing. But I did enjoy this album, and uh, it's got some um, interesting things going on. So yeah, five out of five in the rank. Five out of the rank. You heard it here first. This is Mike's fifth favorite Beatles album. Get ready to get the pitchforks yeah. going, guys. I'm just kidding. Yes, I think Kyle's going to go ahead and dash that whole thing, but we'll see. Uh, you know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. we'll see. Kyle, what do you got? I love this album. Uh, this oh, is nice. uh, an absolutely incredible album from front to back with one, maybe two exceptions on that rule. I mean, that Sergeant Peppers and with a little help from my friends, package deal of the song. Like JT said, you can't listen to one without the other. Absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the transition from McCartney's vocals to Ringo's vocals on uh, between the two songs there. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, probably their best trippy, experimental, psychedelic song, in my opinion. And then, yeah, like Mike said, there's some corny stuff on here, you know, getting better, fixing a hole. But it works. You know, it's fun. It works. What I really love about this album is I feel like this is more, at least vocally, has more of a McCartney presence than it does a John Lennon presence, which I really appreciate. (laughs) Uh, Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, I don't seem to hate it as much as you guys do. I don't care for (laughs) it. I don't generally go back to it, but it doesn't bother me in context of the album. That cannot be said for Within You, Without You, which I will stand my ground that this is the worst thing that the Beatles have ever put on recording. <laughs> I can't stand this song. And this is one thing that starting with mostly Revolver onwards, but a little bit before that, I've learned I just really don't like the George Harrison songs. With the exception of one or two that we'll get to later, I can't stand the the sitar, the Indian vibe don't like it at all could never get into it for those people that like it and like that side of them cool is it cool that they tried experimenting and doing something that really no one else was doing yeah just really falls flat for me i feel like it it's the one song that i don't think fits the context of the album like mike you were saying how they struck like a more of a balance here completely Mm -hmm. agree until it gets to this song and i feel like i'm just thrown out of the rest of the album uh, but then it goes right into when I'm 64, which is one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's such a nice song, uh, very well written, very well performed. And then from there, the album just keeps going. I mean, it's a great end with a day in the life. So, I mean, this is this is my number one. This is my number one as well. Oh, it's what? I think the closest the Beatles have ever gotten to a flawless album. I think it would have been it extremely flawless without within you without you and maybe being for the benefit of mr kite you could take or leave but yeah the closest they've ever gotten and i'll say for for the beatles pretty good because like mike was saying i by doing this discography breakdown i kind of learned that i'm not a big fan of listening to full albums by the beatles uh they were more of a hits band than anything i think a lot of that comes down to like we talked about last week just the sheer amount of songs that they were putting out and how quickly they were pushing them all out. But I, I think with this one, they hit gold. Number one. I'm with you on that though. Like I more and more as I listen to the music, I'm just like getting through a whole album. You realize how diverse and, con- and like, like um, you know, every single song tended to have a different thing going on. Like marching bands or, you know, mm-hmm. sitars or, 
you know, weird, like uh, going off into different directions. But like where I respect that, it also takes me out of um, consistency with um, with the songwriting where like you use it, you're right. You're making you're do, you're using songwriting to to capture your audience's heart. But when you do a lot of psychedelic um, off, you know, going off off road, you got to be able to bring that back into a memorable song. You know what I'm trying to say? And a lot of the times they went out and they never came back in. They went out to space and weren't able to rear that, like, you know, uh, pull that back in to really capture something. The songs where they didn't do that are iconic and live live on. And there are some psychedelic off-road kind of stuff, you know, Lucy in the Sky Diamonds or, or Strawberry Fields or things like that. But, like, those had memorable melodies and, and hooks to them, whereas a lot of the off-roading, uh, when it comes to stuff that doesn't have any memorable, it's very progressive. It's very experimental, but it just it's it's doing it for the sake of it, not necessarily how can I make this into a, something that's really going to touch your soul musically and memorably, you know. All right. You heard it here first. That's our ranking so far for Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. Let's jump over to their next album. Which was later that year in '67 as well. It was no December. Uh, so no, the the U.S. release was in November, but in the U.K. it was December of 1967. We're going to talk about Magical Mystery Tour. Woo! One of one of my favorites. I will say that. I uh, the more I, the more I think about this record, the more I think about how, yeah, you know, it's. It, I wouldn't call it a Sergeant Pepper Part Two kind of thing. I, I I feel like some people might consider, oh, well, they're still in like their weird trippy faces. John Lennon's the walrus, you know, all that crap, right? Um, I would not, I wouldn't go as to say that. I would, I will say this though. I would say that so, some of my favorite Beatles songs, period, are on this album too, like just in general. Um, and like, just there's so much like, there's so much I can say about this album too, but I'm going to just, just go down to the track listing right now, anyways. Um, there are some great, oh, that's the double EP. Hold on one second. There we go. There we go. All right, cool. So on the LP, it goes like this. And if I need to go grab my, if I need to go grab my vinyl just in case, I, I, I because for the track listing I will. But other than that, we're good <laughs> because I have the vinyl right over there as we're recording this, just in case. Um, no, but Magical Mystery Tour, Fool on the Hill, Flying, instrumental track, Blue Jay Way, Your Mother Should Know, and I Am the Walrus. Uh, then side two, which was Hello Goodbye. Uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, Penny Lane, Baby You're a Rich Man, and All You Need Is Love. Let me tell you right up front. Um, so I, I mentioned this as a, from the get-go of the start of this album. Some of my favorite Beatles songs in general are on this album, such as, believe it or not, yes, Cop Out, title track, Magical Mystery Tour is on that list. I know, shame on my part. I'm such a title track sucker. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. Thank, thankfully, there's not one for Abbey Road. <laughs> Um, but I uh, know Magical Mystery Tour is, is a great, oh, great opening song. The, like, the moment you hear those horns kick in, you're like, all right, we're get to going on a trip down the Magical Mystery Tour. Huzzah! That's all it really is. Um, uh, Fool on the Hill, you know, it, it's kind of grown on me a little bit. I mean, I, 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 Mac- I didn't see McCartney play it live, but I've, I've, you know, I've seen clips online of him playing it live. It's not a bad song, good song overall. Um, the instrumental flying, I think, is actually a very cool instrumental, truthfully. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, Blue Jay Way by George Harrison. Um, and it's funny. Your mother should know is kind of just, it's, it's a good track. It's, it's just, it's kind of there. Um, 
I am the walrus. It's funny when I when I was first listening to this album because I, I as I mentioned from the get go, I do have this on vinyl. I have an original pressing of it. Um, but I am the walrus. I keep my turntable at a certain volume, and hearing John Lennon scream, "I'm the walrus," it just really gets to me after a while. And I'm like, I don't really want to deal with John Lennon screaming, "I'm the walrus, cuckoo, cuckoo." <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, it's it's not a bad song nonetheless. It's it's a great, it's a very good song. It's an, it's an iconic song of his. You know, but it's very like, like more a little more trippy, a little more on the trippier side than things. But um, then you get to I would actually say this argument, this album is actually backloaded more than anything else. Um, with "Hello Goodbye," you say yes, I say it's just it's so catchy, it's so simple. I really enjoy this that song a lot more than I more than I did before. Um, "Strawberry Fields Forever," great song. In general, just a fantastic song. Um, I actually truth be sorry, true story. I was actually at the real Strawberry Fields in New York City recently. Um, just paying my respects to John Lennon. Uh, I was there this past weekend. So, you know, you can go check out our Super Review Show Instagram feed for that. There you go. Uh, Penny Lane, great song. It's just, it's, it's just catchy, fun. A lot of a lot more fun. Like some psychedelic, but much more fun on this record than anything else. Like 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 you listen to like Penny Lane or Hello Goodbye or, uh, on you know or even like Magical Mystery Tour. Like there's just a lot more like fun tracks i guess you could say um on this record and i really there's something i really i do enjoy about that but that as that this is an album and not just a like a uh, oh well you know a couple of songs here and there but um and mind you all you need is love it's funny it's arguably one of the greatest songs of all time arguably i mean there's so there's so many songs you could pick from but i would say that this that's in the top like by 15 or so in my opinion top 20 um, but all you need is love. It's just a great song. I actually I heard it live on New Year's Eve. Actually, this year, I, I, yes, I went to a concert New Year's Eve. I saw Billy Joel live, and he actually performed the song live. And I said, you know, it hit, me, it hit me more than it did. It hit me after the fact, like you know, he played "All You Need Is Love," and then, you know, and and really, that if McCartney was once asked, and like I think in the eighties, I think he was asking, he said, "What's the Beatles' message to the world?" And he said, "All you need is love," and and. That song kind of got misinterpreted. I was like, "Oh, it's like the six. It's, oh, it's the sixties. All you need is love, man. Like psychedelics, fun, man. No, but really, what they're saying is all you need is love. All you need is love, and love is all you need, guys. Just saying, love is all you need. So, um, that's a that's a great a great closer to a really really uh, just a great album overall. I really do enjoy this album a lot more than I thought I did. However, it sits at number five for me. That's not trying to bang on it, it, but I do love it a lot, but it doesn't hold up as much. as It it might change soon, but this is my number five was Magical Mystery Tour. Just a really like a good collection of songs. It is very backloaded. I would say that too, but it's, it just, it holds up so well. So many of these songs hold up so well. I, but I, 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 as I said, I think it is backloaded more than anything else. So, but but outside of like the title track and uh, "Fool on the Hill," you know that's and and "I Am the Walrus" to an extent. So, but that's me. Um, but yeah, so there's Magical Mystery Tour. Mike, you love this record so much; it's your number <laughs> one. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, I was kind of chatting with boys here before the show, and um, originally I wasn't going to include this because uh, it contains a lot of songs that were singles, not part of an album. And I think the whole point of this is. So think about it like this. If you're going to write an album in one sitting or with a whole theme, uh, it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot of uh, writing power. It takes a lot of 
um, kind of focus and um, overall just connection amongst the band to really kind of put out something like that. So in a lot of ways, it was like an unfair kind of album to add to this list. But um, there's so many songs that I really love on this album uh, that like it feels like that second side is almost just like a bunch of songs, you know, that are great songs by them that I really love. So um, while my rate, my ranking might be seem out of place, um, definitely if you were to remake a list and make it only albums that were written in one shot that were all supposed to be on an album together it might be different but um we'll just kind of run down here it starts off with a nice opener definitely kind of creates a a certain kind of um you know energy feeling to it like here it comes you know and then uh you know fool on the hill it's okay it's just uh you know uh nothing really to be excited about but it's okay you know i'm flying instrumental but then um you know, we kind of come down to um, where we start the a big run here. Um, Blue Jay Way, you know, it's cool. Uh, it good has a good vibe to it. I appreciate it. Um, your mother should know. I I like this song. It's just kind of a classic Beatles sound. Um, Eye on the Walrus is a great song. Is as much as it's bizarre, uh, strange. I I, I just got a cool feel to it. Um, and it just kind of reminds me of like that weird um Beatles that actually is catchy. Um, hello goodbye great song i mean strawberry fields forever penny lane baby you're rich man i love baby you're a rich man that's just got such a cool kind of like um she's got like a 70s feel to it even though this is in the 67 a lot of the uh, beatles were ahead of their time um all you need is love great song i mean this whole the whole end feels like a compilation more so than it does an album um so i mean overall throughout Throughout it all, it was like one of those kinds of albums that just kind of kept me, um, you know, like I would re come back to this many, many times, uh, you know, just because it's got all the songs you want to hear on it. And it's even got some uh, good opener and just kind of uh, some nice instrumentals and uh, feelings to it. So, yeah, this is number two on my list. Uh, yeah. Shocker. Boom. Um, you know, and while I... And while I said, if you were to remake the list and you were to include only albums that were uh, um, to get, you know, that were written for an album that weren't taken from singles, which the whole second side is singles, it, you know, it might be uh, put down the list as kind of not part of a thematic, uh, you know, uh, move, you know, one single album uh, construction. It definitely has those uh, that unfair advantage where I feel like, uh, you know, you wouldn't make that high up on the list. So, yeah, just because of that, uh, two out of the list. There you go. Wow. Big words from Mike. <laughs> Kyle's not. Oh, boy. Well, uh, <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll be that guy. I'll be devil's advocate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this album very much. Uh, <laughs> I think that this continues that psychedelic sound on a lot of songs from Sgt. Pepper's but nowhere near as well done, I thought, with the exception of I'm the Walrus, which is a top-tier Beatles song. Absolutely fantastic. I was kind of worried going into it to see if it would hold up from when I was younger, and uh, can confirm this song holds up perfectly fine. But I think that the trippy aspects just don't work as well on this one, and Mike, I, you know, it was bound to happen in this series where <laughs> I completely disagree when you said 
here's where the the run starts and you mentioned blue jay way mm. that is my least favorite song on here uh, <laughs> i felt like they took the kind of trippy parts up too far i, I just didn't like this completely agree it's back loaded but uh and you know jt says it all you need is love is arguably one of the greatest songs ever written i'll be the arguer here uh i can't stand all you need is love i've never liked it i've always thought this is one of the worst popular songs of all time i've never understood the appeal of it it's lame it's repetitive i'm shocked mike likes it because it's one of the most repetitive annoying songs I also <laughs> don't like the hippiness of it. Of all you need is love. Yeah, we get it. All right, it's JT. Fine. You want to flash his address across the screen if you want. Yeah, everyone should like get, uh... get the doxing going right now. But <laughs> the crawl, do a crawl I mean, outside so of that. Can, yeah. Hello, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Fantastic song. The rest of them I could pretty much take or leave. Magical mystery tour, fantastic track as well. I mean, for me, this sits all the way down at number ten. It doesn't, Woo! and whereas it worked in its favor for Mike. For me, who's not a big fan of the songs that are displayed here, the incohesiveness and unfocused nature of the album worked against it in my case. Whereas it with Mike, he's like, yeah, it kind of feels like a greatest hits album. You can go listen to it like it's just a bunch of good songs on one. To me, who only likes about a quarter of the songs on here, it doesn't feel cohesive when I was listening to it, especially when you get from side one to side two. It's very like jarring. It's like, all right, well, side one's very much trippy, psychedelic, experimental. Then you get to side two and it's like, oh, kind of more classic Beatles sound. So for me, it, it goes all the way down to number 10. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yikes. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> we're, we're, you do a whole episode on how much I hate all you need is love, but <laughs> we're, we're gonna go to Google Maps right now, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. Yeah. We're gonna flash yeah. You'll find him there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh someone no, do uh, uh, put him on uh suicide watch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we don't want the FCC coming after us. Demonetized. Uh, Instantly demonetized. Yeah. It's like, like, Mike Mute was, was unalive watch. Unalive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm. So, all right, but nonetheless, though, nonetheless, let's go over to the next album, the White Album, the Beatles, the White Ooh. Album, nineteen sixty-eight, November twenty-second, nineteen sixty-eight. The famous Beatles White Album came out, and I would make the argument that they're, they're like some of the most, some sort of, some genres of music kind of spun out from this record too. Like, I mean, you, I mean, I'll, I'll get to the track list in a second. There's a lot of tracks on here as well. There are some things that I really enjoyed about this record. There are some things I did not quite enjoy about this record as much as I used to. Um, I will say that, but there are some really solid, just incredible, like just great tracks overall on here. And I'm going to get down to it right here. So let's start off with, um, start off start with the original release of side one which was uh, Back in the USSR, which is a spin on Chuck Berry's Back in the USA. Yes, they did it. Uh, Beatles did it first, or second, I should say. Uh, Dear Prudence. It's funny because I remember having this conversation with someone at one point. Like, they said, what's that, what's that noise in the be- at, the, at the beginning of Dear Prudence? And I'm like, it's the ending of Back in the USSR. Did you not get that? And, and they're like, oh, that's what that is. Because <laughs> like, the, the way they cut it on the record, the record or whatever. Uh, Glass Onion, 
Um, Obladi Oblada, just a fun song, man. Wild Punny High. Uh, wild honey, yeah, wild honey. I was a wild pie, honey. Sorry, uh, wild honey pie. You know, it's, it's fun. Um, it's funny actually. The, the concern. This is where Yoko Ono enters the picture, apparently. Uh, with the continuing story of Buffalo Bill, a uh, bungalow Bill, not Buffalo Bill. Sorry, playing the wrong thing. Um, I'm hungry. Uh, while my guitar gently weaves, which is the George Harrison, you know, wrote it, of course. Um, my one of my favorite songs of his, truthfully. Uh, Happiness is a warm gun. Side two, we go to Martha, my dear. I am so tired. Blackbird. It's funny. Blackbird's just like, I'll get to that in a second. Piggies, Rocky Raccoon, uh, Don't Pass Me By, which is Ringo Star Trek. Uh, why don't we do it in the road? Um, I will, Julia. Uh, that's the end of side two. Um, it's funny. Uh, side three has birthday on it. Birthday is just pure fun. <laughs> it's just pure fun. <laughs> Uh, Year Blues, Mother Nature's Son. Every, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Long title, stupid title, whatever. Thanks, John <laughs> Lennon. Uh, Sexy Sadie and Helter Skelter. I'll get to Helter, Helter, Helter Skelter in a second. Long, long, long with George Harrison. Uh, Revolution One. Um, Honey Pie, Savory Truffle, Cry Baby Cry, Revolution Nine, <laughs> and Good Night. Um, which is a Ringo Starr sung song, uh, sung song. I, that's a mouthful. This is the only the Beatles only album that had two, the double vinyl. That was it. This is the double vinyl of their their career, and this is when they just started writing a lot of songs. So I'm just gonna list off my standout tracks, which a lot of them are on here. Some of my favorite Beatles songs in general are on here. Um, you know, back in the USSR, is just a banger. It opens up the album. I did hear it live as well. Um, Oblada, Oblada, just a fun. Just a fun song. It's like the, the piano intro just kicks in, like do 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 do. Oh bloody, oh blada, life goes on. Yeah, don't sue us. Um, while my guitar gently weeps, it's funny actually that that the guitar solo actually Eric Clapton's on the track. I don't know if you guys knew that. He's one of the yep. guitarists on the track actually. I hope you guys knew that or not. Yep. Uh, that's one one of my favorites. Um, Blackbird, I've, I've heard it live twice. It's a beautiful song. It's like at the time, it's like the civil rights at the time. Like McCartney's touching on that, I guess. Um, Blackbird Fly, take these, take these uh, broken wings and learn to be free. Um, if you haven't like looked up the, the in depth of that song, it's actually really beautiful. Um, oh, what is the other one? I can't think of it. Oh, yeah, um, there it is. Uh, birthday, yes, on my birthday, I have played that song all day. It's just true. I really they say it's your birthday. Na 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 na. It's my birthday too. Yeah. It's just a great song. Just a great, great, great song. Um, Helter Skelter, man. Yeah, it's funny. Helter Skelter, I would say, make the argument that the Beatles were one of the creators of heavy metal. Um, I, dare I say those words, but if you really think about it, like Led Zeppelin came out in what 69 with their first album. That was really heavy too, like heavy blues influence and whatnot. But like the story behind Helter Skelter, I, don't, I just want to share it for a second since we're talking about it. Like Helter Skelter, it's funny. Helter Skelter came about because apparently the, the story goes that McCartney heard a, a song by The Who. And um, The Who were releasing a song called, and, and in, in the magazine there, when they were promoting the song, Pete Townsend's like, it's the most uh, d- dirtiest, super hard hitting track out that we've ever put out. And Mark Hartney is like, oh, we better top that. And they made Helter Skelter. And Helter Skelter kills live. I've seen it live twice. 
it is just so it I would make the argument it's it's like early early heavy metal. There's nothing really existed like that beforehand. I mean, it, there may have been like a heavy track here, a heavy track there, but this is where like heavy really came into play, in my opinion. Um, but Health Skeptic is just one of those tracks just rips and it just it kills on that track uh, on this album. So, uh, and then we get to like you know this, the side four is kind of forgettable. Revolution Nine is one of the most annoying things I've ever heard. Uh, I'm sorry, if, if, I know there's some fans that actually like Revolution Nine, but Revolution Nine is just a disaster. It's just so much. There's so much going on in this. It's just. It's eight minutes of just, in my opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> need I say more on that? But I'm and good night. You know, it's a it's a good closer. Um, but this, this obviously is their longest record. It's got the most songs on the record too, of any of their albums. Um, why don't we do the roads a fun track too? I forgot about that one. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of like those are my standout tracks for uh the Beatles. Why um, I do have an original pressing of it as well in my final collection. Um, and I love it. I love this record quite a bit. Um, this record to me, let me go back to my list for a second here. This is my number three. My number three album for the Beatles is actually the Beatles White Album. And because the good songs that I remember the most from it, like Back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, Oh Blah Dee, Oh Blah Da, Why Don't We Do it On the Road, Blackbird, um, Birthday, Health or Scout. Yeah, these songs shine the most, but the other songs on the record too actually shine a lot more, shine a lot. Two, but like not as much as the other ones that did the previous ones I just mentioned, but they do they do shine a lot. Like I will say, there is a lot of really good. If you're you're looking for deep cuts on a record, listen to the Beatles White Album. There are some really great songs that just are, were not hits. Like you know, you look at like Piggies or like Rocky Rock Rocky Raccoon or even like Sexy Sadie or you know Year of Blues. There are some really good songs on here too that just don't get the light of day. Unfortunately, like whether it be like live performances by Ringo or Paul. Or just in general, uh, there's some really good songs on here. Just in general, like "Don't Pass Me By" is a great song, and everyone kind of forgets about it. So, um, but that's just me. So, uh, but yeah, th- this is my number three. Actually, the Beatles' White Album is my number three on the Beatles' career discography breakdown and album ranking part two. But Mike, obviously, this is his number three. We're <laughs> we're swiping right. I'm calling it right now. No, what do you got, Mike? What do you swiping got? Right. Oh well, you know, um, this album. It could be an example of more is less um, in certain and a lot of filler and things uh, that they did in it that just kind of um, weren't needed. Um, it's got some great songs on it. I mean, the whole opening, uh, like I kind of like um, JT, what you were kind of saying about uh, them kind of coming off like, you know, have some heavy vibes and, you know, I mean, Glass Onion, uh, Dear Prudence, you know, things of that manner. You almost get a Ozzy vibe to some of these you know back in the USSR like these early on tracks in this thing you have these brooding kind of you know feel to them that um, it, I, as a kid growing up I always thought the Beatles were like you know the hokey kind of you know the early uh, 60s kind of stuff uh, even like you know their original stuff was just very kind of like um, you know suits and and uh very like straight laced and then everything was about breakup you know with a girl and this and that but then like they kind of showed off their um dynamics and their ability to to bring in some other you know song you know some lyrics and some other topics into play here um and you know yeah it's got some uh it's got some iconic songs and like i always tell you um i'm not giving you a rating uh ranking based on on 
its importance to the music community and and its iconicness to my life like how many times did i hear that birthday song how many times did i hear um blackbird or you know um some of these other uh songs on here um oh lobby you know whatever the um oh, like yeah. obi-wan kenobi <laughs> uh, uh, you know uh life goes on <laughs> you know like those were uh those were i mean wow my guitar gently weeps i mean freaking classic uh it's got some real um iconic songs but then there's just so much stuff on here that just should have been cut by the wayside and it um because of that it kind of takes you out of the consistency um you know and anything including yoko ono should never see the light of day i'm sorry but um it's just yeah it just needs to be cut um immediately but um you know it really is an iconic album it's just uh um, it's got some filler on it um too much filler and uh it does hurt the um you know but uh in my rankings i had uh help just a little above this uh album um so for me it was it was number six um uh just out of that you know just out of the sergeant pepper lonely hearts kind of taking the the five there but uh you know just on the outskirts it's still got iconic tracks it's still important to music and it's still like a good example of how the beatles could do everything um and then just weren't easy to pin down um you know i think that in today's music suffers greatly bands just one song has a similar sound to the other and the Beatles were able just to really just, um, you know, get the whole, uh, the dynamics and the, the just um, being different on a lot of different tracks that really just surprised you that they could pull that off and like be heavy uh, when they needed to be. So, yeah. All right. You're here first. That's Mike's ranking. What do you got, Kyle? What do you got for the white album? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this does go more into I don't want to go all the way to to metal as a genre per se, but definitely more hard rock aspects like early hard rock leaning um, less in times of that psychedelic style, which I appreciate. We're kind of getting away from that. If I took the best songs from this album and made one album. It would be the definitive best Beatles album, period. But having said that, when you have an album this long, they're not all going to be winners, and they sure aren't. I mean, you while you have great songs like Back in the USSR, Obla Di Obla Da, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, which is the one George Harrison song that I think is absolutely incredible, flawless song, uh, you know, Birthday, Helter Skelter, Revolution 1, which the single version of Revolution that's even more hard rock oriented, I think is the better version, best version of this. But this also has some of their worst songs they've ever done. I mean, things like uh, One Revolution 9, why this ever made the cut for an eight minute waste of space on, at the time, a vinyl record, beyond me absolutely beyond me don't know who listened back to this and said good idea guys everyone wants to hear this uh so i mean between that mother nature's son is oh awful uh lennon at some of his worst and i'm sorry mccartney's the lead vocal on that uh probably one of the worst mccartney songs in that um in that vein then long 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 terrible 
I mean, Wild Honey Pie. This it has such good songs on it, but I feel like it didn't have someone there to tell them stop. <laughs> Rain it in. You don't have to do this. Not everything you write is gold. Sometimes you just put crap out. Uh, I mean, piggies coming off Blackbird on the track list. Terrible. Having said that, the good songs on here really do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, it puts it at number four for me. Because at the end of the day, if I just make a playlist with all the great songs from here, it works. And luckily, a lot of the bad songs are relatively short, with the exception of Revolution <laughs> 9. Also, props to Paul McCartney for putting out that uh, Why Don't We Do It in the Road song. Great song. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Uh, also love Rocky Raccoon. There's some like lesser... Got things falling all over my kitchen, apparently. <laughs> I uh, think they, of... that they heard your ranking and they were like, yeah. that? Well, I mean... This... There's a lot of like lesser known songs on here that are really good. So, I mean, for me, number four. All right. You're here first, ladies and gents, ladies and germs, children of all ages. Now we're going to jump to the, your, their next album, which was Yellow Submarine, we, which we are touching on. Yes. Um, this was the soundtrack to uh, the movie Yellow Submarine. It came out in January of 1969. Um, it is... Uh, it's 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 funny. It's not like it's it's how to explain this and for my it's not a bad album. It's just not my necessarily my favorite one because there's so there there's some good stuff on. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's iconic. It's 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 very iconic because of the movie and stuff like that because of the score and everything. But this one is just like it's just it doesn't. Out of all the Beatles albums, it just doesn't like hold a candle to the fir- to what came before and what came afterwards. In my opinion, it's just it's kind of just there, if you know what I mean. It's it's not nothing, nothing bad, of course, because there's the Beatles early records. You, you can go back and listen to it there, but we touched on those last week. Uh, there's some bad songs on those, but um, if you go if you listen to like this record, it's it's not bad. It's just. Kind of forgettable, truthfully. Let me let me go down to the track listing for a second here. Um, if I could find it, it's like I said, it's not. It's kind of like a completion of just like. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's kind of just a completion of like their best stuff together. The only the only one the only original one on here, I believe, is um, Hey Bulldog, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's kind of like its own track. Uh, you know, there's I don't know. It's there's I can't really say too much on it because it's just not like. It doesn't hold the candle for me as much as like the other uh, their albums before or afterward do. So for me, I, 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 I mean, yes, you have Yellow Submarine, yes, you have Only a Northern Song all together now. Hey, Bulldog's great. Uh, it's all too much, and all you need is love. You know, Kyle's favorite song of all time. Um, just kidding, bro. It's okay. Um, no, it's um, it's 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 just it's very forgettable. I actually sometimes I forget that this album even exists. For that, for lack of a better word, I always went from like the White Album to Abbey Road. I forgot like this album exists sometimes. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of how it is. So, um, but nonetheless, though, I had to put this number thirteen. Unfortunately, guys, I'm sorry. Hate to be that guy. It's 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 just it's it's just there. It's kind of just there. Truthfully, not saying it's a bad record because there's no 
outside of like their earlier stuff, like there's not like there's not too many Beatles albums that I don't like. But it's just it's just forgettable. Like, I mean, outside of Hey Bulldog and like re re more repeated stuff like Yellow Submarine or All You Need Is Love, it's just not. It doesn't do it for me as much as I thought it would. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I had to put it number thirteen for that reason. So, uh, anyways, Mike, what do you got for um, Yellow Submarine? Yeah, uh, wasn't Yellow Submarine part of another album, or was that just I might have the The song was uh, a part of Revolver. So okay, was, so it's well, and all you need is love was on uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weird. Um. So yeah, this is just it's just a prime example of an album that just suffers from obviously uh, orchestral film score um, that you kind of have to be into in order to, um, you know, enjoy as well as some songs on the, uh, on the beginning. Once again, yellow submarine is just, just one of those gimmicky tracks that, um, you use to to gain a feeling, not necessarily to start off things on a certain kind of note. You don't ever start in that. You 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 come into the Yellow Submarine as kind of like a um, create a kind of a feeling and whatnot, and like a you know strange element. Um, you know, there's just not much on here to really uh, take away. It really it really is the prime example of kind of. Uh, um, including something that you use from a you know some TV or something, and then just having other songs that you've released. Um, yeah, so this was not much to say about it. Uh, you know, I none, none of the songs really. All you need is love. Obviously, is you know a very uh, awesome song, but like it's just pretty much like forgettable and just yeah, like like JT was saying as a as a as just musically driven and. Um, creative and like at the time i think that's something none of us here i'm i'm 40 um you know uh none of us could say we we witnessed these albums coming out at the time of the you know, inception of the of the music none of us could could say you know have you ever listened to something and you were so blown away because it never had been done uh yeah i can but but not too many times in my life could i witness musical greatness um originality at its absolute freshest to some of the stuff that the Beatles were doing. So like we, we lacked that ability to like capture, it captured the feeling and kind of blew our minds. And when you don't have that happening and you're listening to it after the fact, um, it definitely, you have less appreciation for it um, and more critical kind of nitpicks about it. So like, that's something you can't erase from our opinions and our, our, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, how we received it. So, um, you know, while I say it's number 13, and it by all means does not take away from like the true like musical, you know, musicality of the whole thing and the, uh, the creativeness. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that just doesn't hold a candle to the rest of their, um, you know, the, the mastery that is the Beatles um, songwriting, uh, you know, uh, stuff that they put out. Yep. You heard it here first. That's what Mike thinks. So, Kyle, what do you think about Yellow Submarine? So this was less of an album, more of... So it was an album, but it was less of their choosing. This was a contractually obligated album for them to put out, which is why it includes, well, other than it being the title of the movie, uh, Yellow Submarine, but also All You Need Is Love. So they only put a handful of new songs on here. 
having said that, I pretty much agree with everything you said, other than all you need is love being a good song. Other than that, the <laughs> uh, mm. only two highlights for me on here, Yellow Submarine, which is already an existing song, and Hey Bulldog, everything else is pretty filler. I don't mind the film score being side two. I don't mind it. Uh, with that said, this actually is not my last. I actually put this at number 11 for the sole purpose of I would rather listen to this album front to back than I would listen to than I would rather listen to uh, with the Beatles or Beatles for sale <laughs> as a full album that I would want to sit down and cohesively enjoy and actually put on. I would pick this over either of those two. So while it may not be the most original necessarily or the most innovative thing they've ever done it's a nice thing to just throw on it's nothing revolutionary it was never meant to be it's just kind of there for it was a forced contractually obligated thing and it really shows so i mean yeah number 11 for me all right you heard it here first let's jump over to their second to last album ever uh with abbey road wow and technically the last album they ever recorded. Yes, true. Absolutely. Uh, it came out September of 1969. Um, this is, there's so much I could say about this record. It, it, it's like, it's kind of like, it's hard to explain. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it, there's, there's so, I have this, this is one of the first vinyl I ever got, ever. Um, like I, I want because my vinyl collection started, and I got like a bunch of vinyl from a neighbor of mine. I got someone to a friend of mine, and whatnot. And it just started from there. And this was in the box. It's an original pressing of Abbey Road with like tape on the cover and stuff like that. You know, I have it. Um, but my God, some of their best, I would say, some of their strongest songs of their career are on this one. I mean, with look at the track listing really quick. If I can pull it up here, uh, track listing. I mean, side one, come together and something are in my top 25, 30 songs of all time. Hands down, come together is one of those songs that just like sticks out to me in my, in my brain. Is like I think it's like number eight on my list of my favorite songs of all time. Just one of the first one of the first songs I've ever heard and I've loved. Uh, come together is in my top twenty five of all time. Something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover. Uh, George Harrison pen track. Uh, but it is very, very a beautiful. Frank Sinatra said it best. It's a it's a love song without saying the words I love you. In the in the in the in the songs, you know what I mean? And something I've heard it live twice. Paul McCartney tells the story when he plays it live. He's like he starts it off on a ukulele that George Harrison actually gave him. Um, so he has it on stage with him. And spoilers for if you've ever seen Paul McCartney. Um, but um, he starts up on the ukulele because George Harrison, he loved ukuleles. And he starts up the song on the ukulele and, and then it goes into the full band and then the band kicks in. And then he goes back on the guitar. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, but something in the way something in the way she moves tracks me like no other lover. It's just, it's a great song. It's a really good, really great song. One of my favorite songs of all time, truthfully. And it, just, it comes up. So back to back right there, I'm like, I'm in. Maxwell Silver Hammer, Oh Darling, Octopus's Garden. I want you, she's so heavy, kind of like drags a little bit, in my opinion. 
Uh, it's not about a bad song unless, but I want you heavy. I want you. She so I was just like, it's just, it's a long song with only, I think they said like 27 words in it or something like that. It's like really a long song with like short words, short amount of words in there. Um, but yeah, it's nonetheless a really side one kills. And then we get to side two. One of the best side twos I've ever heard on record um, with Here Comes the Sun. Just a great, great song. Uh, the first Beatles song I did to crack one billion streams on Spotify. Um, and because uh, and then it gets into like the whole premise of the the side two of You Never Gave Me Your Money, Sun, Sun King. Um, was it me, Mr. Mustard, Polythene, Pam? All these little snippets and stuff like that. Like these are all songs that they never really finished. But George George Martin, their producer, was like, "Hey, why don't we take the why don't we take these little snippets of songs and just put them as one big side too? And we'll or we'll use a sewing thread, and that sewing thread was an orchestra, and they orchestrated the whole thing from start to finish, starting with you you never gave me your money." And then it goes to sun, and then it goes into Sun King. Then it goes into Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam. She came through the bathroom window, golden slumbers, carry the weight at the end. Her Majesty is the is a, is a hidden track, but it's it's you know it's the last the twenty three second track I guess you could say. But that whole that suite of songs is just incredible. Um, I love those. I really love um, that side two so much. It really showed how you can just take a bunch of songs, kind of like a Sgt. Pepper. And with a little help from my friends, like you can't listen to one without the other. You, it's, you're, you're gonna have a hard time telling me you can't listen to that whole side too by itself. Outside of "Here Comes the Sun" and because, um, it, it's such a great, like, just great, uh, just a a great run of just a, a perfectly threaded, you know, orchestration of songs right there. With you, get you never gave me your money, Sun King, me, Mister Mustard, Polythene Pam. She came through the bathroom window, golden slumbers, care the way in the end. It's funny when I was first listening to, it, I was like, oh my god. When I, the first time I ever heard these songs, I was like, oh my God, these songs all go together. Because I was still used to listening to track by track. And listening to it on vinyl, listening to it over the over the past week or so to prep for a part two of our stream, I got to that. I was like, man, I I love that whole suite of just like the, the, the whole orchestration, how it just all flows. And it ends on Her Majesty with like that hidden track right there. But it ends on the end, I should say. So, uh, but just a great suite of songs. So sitting at number two is Abbey Road. Abbey Road is my number two for the Beatles albums. You heard it. That is my number two. I It's just a, a really great set of songs. Um, you got a couple Ringo songs. You got just some of the best songs of all time. I've been with something and come together. Um, Here comes the sun, of course. And like this is where George Harrison kind of started like shining, I guess, more and more. But like, and that whole suite of songs at the end are just killer. So, uh, but this is my number two, right, uh, right underneath Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So yeah, that's my number two. Mike, you love this album. You hate this record, right? Don't you hate this record? <laughs> hate it. It's garbage. I um, use it as a frisbee. Uh, you know, <laughs> vinyl frisbee. That'll be my next album. The vinyl frisbee of the Beatles. Uh, Abbey Room. No, I, I can't agree with you more, uh, JT. This is the banger of the Beatles. Uh, you know, universe. My personal love of their music comes in this uh, album. Uh, Come Together is such a cool song. Nonsensical lyrics, but also kind of just makes sense at times. 
I mean, something, another amazing song. Um, Maxwell, Silverhammer, that's a strange, I mean, some real twisted kind of lyrics, like, uh, you know, definitely if you're a teacher, you're not happy with, those, with that track right there. So, um, you know, and then it just has just a bunch of cool sounding songs. Um, I Want You, I think that's got, it's more of a feeling song. It's just mm -hmm. got such a, a cool is the key word here. Um, it just has that real kind of stylistic feel to it, um, proving that the Beatles can really uh, capture all the different styles of music that, you know, go into bluesy kind of laid back and you know, put your sunglasses on and chill at the bar. You put this on and people just, you know, it just kind of um, creates a vibe. Uh, Here comes the sun. I mean, just another iconic song. Great song. Um, you know, just makes you feel like, um, you know, like you're like the sun is rising, you know what I mean? It's, um, and, and then it's just like uh, what you said, JT, um, definitely rung true that whole run, the next, all the vocal harmonies, the, um, almost has a folky kind of like, um, you know, I wouldn't say beach boys Ian, but I would say like the whole voice vocal harmonies they're creating and, the, and the quiet, but like melodic nature of these songs are just great. Um, you know, she came in through the window. That's just a cool song. Overall, there's really uh nothing done wrong on this. It really isn't. Uh, whereas like you have your iconic songs, you know, you have your, you know, Hey Jude, and you have your um, you know, your uh I wanna hold your hand and all those like um iconic songs. This album is just packed full of those as well as just cool, melodic, and it's just nothing weird, no like harpsichords or like you know like sitars or satire as jc said but uh you know yeah <laughs> uh you know, overall you're welcome i had to put you on blast for that jt you're welcome i'll see you i'll see you at the potluck but anyway uh you know uh it's just a great uh piece of music and it just um the the, the iconic nature of it is just um it's definitely just uh, one that I really appreciate, and I know Kyle just absolutely loved this, so I can't wait to let him have it. Number one, there it is. Happy Road. Whoa! All right, my number two, Mike's number one. Kyle, what is your where does Happy ah. Road? What do you what do you got? <laughs> well, Kyle, can you do this well, one I as a cow? And you, uh, like I would uh, actually appreciate yeah, sure it. Can. Yeah, sure yeah, can, yeah. just turn into a cow. While you, yeah, just go ahead and uh, yeah, I just prefer gotcha. you do gotcha. this review in the right. Um, I have you know. to do it in the right state of mind. Yeah, I do the rhythm. Those you watch us live, get ready. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're listening to this, listen with cow like uh, perception. There you go. And cow perception. <laughs> Apparently, I'm somehow not signed into Zoom. Yeah, technical so difficulties, folks. Are sorry about this. I oh, kind of caught them off. I caught them off guard. So uh, we'll know, do call, it live. Call me off guard. Call me off guard. Give me a yeah. sec. I'll start talking do in it, the meantime, though. Do it in post. Do it in post. In post. Do it in post. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well wait we got it hold on it changed the background for some reason <laughs> that is wild <laughs> yo we're doing some psychedelic off-road uh spoken word association cow <laughs> here we go there we go there we go Oh, and uh, hold on, let me just change my background back. Yeah, so anyway, please. now that now that the cow is back, 
the cow is back. Cow. I don't know what this Before you utter another sentence, one. it better be Abbey Road is awesome. There we <laughs> Get go. it? That's utter cool. anybody? Nobody? I'll be over The words that I Mike, but will utter are <laughs> as follows. I disagree. Uh, I agree that this is a great album. Until the song Because. And then I don't like most of what happens. Everything <laughs> leading up to that point is so good to the point where tracks one, the entire side one, and here comes the sun, are some of the best things they've ever done. Maxwell Silver Hammer is a top five Beatles song for me. I don't care that three fourths of the band can't stand this song. I think it's great. It's so funny. It's the most lighthearted song about murdering people you'll hear. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, Octopus's Garden, best Ringo song. So good, but so stupid. Even I Want You, She's So Heavy. I do agree it is a bit long, especially for a song that only has about 20 actual words to it. Yeah. But the instrumental behind it's really good. I don't like the fact that the second half of the album you can kind of tell that it is unfinished ideas specifically the run from sun king to mean mr mustard through polythene pam and then uh, she came in through the bathroom window i don't like any of those ones i skip them every single time but other than that because of how good the other the first half of the album is this is number two I mean, it's an iconic album, has some of the most iconic songs ever written on it. Uh, and then I mentioned before that George Harrison had two songs that I thought were actually good. Something is the other one. I don't know what happened between the White Album and now in George Harrison's songwriting. Maybe he needed to get all the sitar like bullcrap out of here. <laughs> but here we are. It's great. Uh, iconic album the reason that the second half doesn't really drag it down too much is that it's not it's not long enough like the songs aren't long enough for me to be like oh this is like atrociously bad just things i don't care for also love that uh john lennon is not as involved on this record he got you know I, he always had some of my least favorite stuff too and he, yep I mean, number two. It's a great album. Great listen all the way through. All right. The cow okay. has spoken. The cow has spoken. You heard it here first. Those of you watch this live, good for you. Um, let's get into their last album. Yeah. Here we go. Let it be, man. Let it be. Just, just let it be, for Christ's sake. As they say sometimes. Um, man, this is... It kind of gets you emotional a little bit, like knowing that this is their last album. But at the same time, you know they they were gonna go to they were gonna break up anyways because money was doing it. Um, like agreed, is already do other things was doing it. Like Paul McCartney was like, he already Paul McCartney already really released his Yoko first solo Ono record. Was doing it. What's that? Yoko Ono was doing it. That was the reason. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> and who, yeah. who knew uh, Apple? Uh... Apple did, had their own studio at the time, Apple Computers. I'm just kidding. It's not Apple. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting off the bandwagon here. Cancel that. Cancel that. Yeah, yeah. Apple, you can sponsor us by emailing us at the, the super view show at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. um, please sponsor us. Pay us money. Do this. 
Um, but nonetheless, though, no, this is it's not a bad record. It's it's just it has some of my favorite songs of their their whole catalog on here, but just like but only like a, a handful of them. Like like it was released May eighth, nineteen seventy. What a time to be alive, too. Nineteen seventy. Woo. Well, we weren't alive, but some people were. Um, um, it's just, it's kind of like a, it's a goodbye at the same time, you know, and it's, it's emotional for me to listen to it sometimes. Like if I go to like, like just listening to like stuff like two of us, dig a pony across the, across the universe is actually really good. Across the universe is a really great song. Um, let it be. I actually kind of wish I knew what the Beatles would have sounded like in the eighties. Like if they were still a band and like, yeah, like, yep. Everybody was affected by change in music the same. If you look at ELO, you know, they had their very um, kind of like Beatles feel to them. They're more like, um, Bill, you know, Billy Rock stuff in the, you know, early on. And then when disco hit, boom, like they started putting disco in like more heavy in their albums. And then they kind of, when the 80s came, they they got to some more like um, keyboard and electronic feel to their music. Whereas like, I kind of wish that we had like a Beatles album to see how they would change with like, this is 70, but like when disco hit, you know, at its height, you know, could, you know, could we hear a disco Beatles album? Could we hear like an eighties, um, you know, synth? <laughs> like electronic, it would be just, I wish I could hear that, you know, see what that would sound like, you know, it'd be interesting. Mike wants the '80s Beatles album. I want the '90s grunge era Beatles album. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> McCartney just doing Pearl Jam references left and right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's a travesty. Um, no, no, let me go with the track one more time. Sorry, two of us dig a pony across the universe. I, me, mine, dig it. Uh, let it be, Maggie May, which I, I guess was it's a, tr- a traditional cover, but it was arranged by them. Uh, I've got a feeling. Great song. One after nine oh nine. I actually play this at one nine ten in the morning sometimes. <laughs> just because it's one after nine oh nine. Sorry. Um, the long and winding road is a great song for you, Blue. You know it's 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 good. And then get back. Get back is great. Okay. Let me just start by saying it. I love get back. It's like get back. Okay. I I can almost see like this might sound you know it's crazy, but I can see like I can see like. Jagger dancing, Mick Jagger dancing to that for some reason. Get back! I don't know. I don't, whatever. Besides the point, though, that's really bad reference. Um, but I mean, you have like, it's it's funny. It's not my favorite because there are great songs on here. Don't get me wrong. Across the universe, I think is a great song. Uh, Let it be is a ten out of ten completely. On this, this is just, it's just a beautiful, written, fantastic song. I've got a feeling. Um, and uh, the long and winding runs always got a nice like feel to it it's it hits it's home to a certain extent and then get back is get back so um but the other stuff on here like two of us dig a pony dig it you have two songs with the same coordinate with dig i mean like come on let's be real um <laughs> like do we need we need dig we need the word dig twice put the word dig twice in the same record of course uh for you blue it's not terrible um, one of friend is a good track, but you could kind of tell this is like they're we're we're approaching the end of what we 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 know as the Beatles, and we're gonna do um we're gonna branch off like McCartney's gonna do a solo, you know, Plastic Ono Band with John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and they all and they all like bounce off and have their own careers, um, in the music business, of course. But 
I will say this though. As great, this is Kyle already knows where I'm going with this because I don't think we. I think there's only one spot left. But but this is my number nine because as great, it, it's unfortunate, and I hate saying those words because it's not. It's not a bad record. It's just I just like the other ones more. Uh, I like obviously Sgt. Pepper more, the White Album, Abbey Road, Revolver, like the Rubber Soul and Hard Day's Night help a lot more than Let It Be. That's no diss to the song Let It Be. That's no diss to Get Back. That's no diss to I've Got a Feeling or Across the Universe. It's just the other songs on this record don't really hold up, hold up much to it outside of just like being, you know, you know, there for nonetheless, like For You Blue and like, you know, the Maggie May cover and like, you know, I can do without that, but that's just me. Um, that is my number nine. Let it be. Um, I have it on vinyl. I actually got it recently too. Uh, I, I I listen to like I actually I, I kind of skip over like the, the, some of the cuts too because like, I really like, I, I don't want to listen to Maggie Man. If I want to listen to Maggie Man, I'm listening to the Rod Stewart version. Okay, like <laughs> let me be honest, with you guys. So, um, yeah, that's my number nine. Is uh, Let It Be, Mike? That you hated this record, didn't you? <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's one of those albums, I'll be on, and, you know, kind of like going along with Kyle with uh, All You Need Is Love. Um, I really am not a fan of Across the Universe, to be honest with you. I know that okay. that's probably a, not a popular opinion. Those first three songs, ugh, you know, yeah, they're just, they don't do anything for me. Um, you know, you kind of go in through here, I Me, my, uh, me Mine, and Dig It, you know, yeah. Uh, let it be. I mean, let it be is is a um, you know an absolute bombshell. Um, you know, I'd say top three uh, song for me. Uh, the Beatles, you know, right up there. You know, Hey Jude and um, around there. Uh, Maggie May. I mean, that's uh, I don't mind it. I actually like that song. And, and you know, uh, while it's not anything you know fantastic, it's still an enjoyable tune. Um, and I appreciate the uh, in their style, you know, and then after that, it's just like I was saying, it's just it's a forgettable back end, you know, with uh, very small amounts of uh, of uh, kind of highlight to it, you know, long winding roads, decent. Um, yeah, so it's just overall, I just, yeah, you know, like I said, like, uh, like, you know. JT's kind of saying it's still the Beatles doing it and it's still good music. It's just, um, you know, there's, there's a lot less to be excited about on this one. So this was an 11 out of, out of the, you know, uh, of their catalog, just not uh, much on here that really stays with you. Um, and uh, like, uh, can make it on the playlist of the best of, you know. Kyle, what do you got? Yeah. Oh, he's a dog now. Woof, woof. Yeah, we're changing it up again. <laughs> Change it up. Uh, so I guess I like this one a little bit more than you guys. Huh? Uh, I guess I'm one of the few people also that likes Dig a Pony. That song I think is really <laughs> good. Uh, two of us, I agree. Not too into that intro. Also agree with Mike on this. Across the Universe. Not a good song. Never got the hype for that one. The rest of it, uh, I mean, I mean, mine. It's, it's all right. Uh, not one of the worst George Harrison led songs. Uh, Dig it, one of the worst on here. Totally agree, but let it be. I mean, come on, top five, if not top three, Beatles song there, absolutely incredible. Maggie May, I don't mind it. It's pretty good. 
I've got a feeling. Uh, pretty sure it's a Black Eyed Peas song. <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One after nine oh nine. It yeah, it's there. Uh, the long and winding road, though. I love this song. I think it's one of the top three on here. Then Get Back is an interesting closer. I don't think I would have closed the album. I, so to me, I think what this album suffers a bit from is it's not structured well. Like I don't think it's structured with a good intro and a good closing on it. Like Get Back is not, I would maybe even Get Back as the intro to the album mm. instead of the closer. It's a weird closer, and I think maybe even Let It Be would have been a good closer for this. I feel like that would have really just kind of end-capped their career. Um, and, you know, I got to point out how bad For You Blue is. Terrible song. A shame that it's the second-to-last song. But, I mean, for me, this one's at five. I think it's a pretty solid album. Uh, I enjoy it. I would go back to this more often than I would some of their older you know, original albums as a whole. All righty. Well, you heard oh. it here first. That is our career discography breakdown of uh, the Beatles. Yes, Mike, I did that. You're welcome. Uh, let and, me... uh, I think you're the only person in all the rankings who ever given that album that high. That's impressive, man. I'm a, I, uh, I, I know. appreciate you, man. That's uh take some balls to do that, man. Yeah. Let me stop sharing my screen so Kyle, so the dog, want... can, the dog can share his screen. Hold on one sec. Come on, puppy. Puppy, I want to say ball and throw the ball and you go for it. So the, yeah, the only, go. the only things that any of us had in common was me and JT's number ones, both being Sergeant Peppers and JT and Mike's thirteens uh, being Yellow Submarine. Wow. So I mean, for I'll start with mine from bottom from worst to best. We had Beatles for sale with the Beatles, Yellow Submarine, Magical Mystery Tour, Help, Please Please Me, Revolver, Hard Day's Night, Let It Be, White Album, Rubber Soul, Abbey Road, Sergeant Peppers. JT, you want to take yours? Sure. From my from uh, thirteen to one goes like this: Yellow Submarine, Please Please Me with the Beatles, Beatles for sale, Let It Be, Help. Hard Day's Night, Rubber Soul, Magical Mystery Tour, Revolver, The White Album, Abbey Road, and Sgt. Pepper at number one. Mike, go from the right. bottom to the top. All right, so from for 13, Yellow Submarine, 12, Beatles for Sale. Number 11, That Let It Be, followed by number 10, Revolver. Sorry, folks, if you're listening and you're upset, um, send it to Kyle. Um, number nine, With the Beatles at number eight, Rubber Soul. Number seven, Please Please Me. Number six, The White Album. Number five, Sgt. Peppers. Number four, Help. Rounding out the top three. Number three, Hard Day's Night. Number two, The Magical Mystery Tour. And our, our number one, Abbey Road. All righty. Well, you heard your first, guys. That's our career discography breakdown of the Beatles catalog from uh, to celebrate 60 years of the Beatles coming over to the United States. The reason why we did this whole thing in the first was, was because on February 7th, 2024 marked 60 years since these four guys from Liverpool, sorry to all of our UK listeners, uh, came over here and started a, then started a whole Beatlemania trend over here. So yeah, that's going to do it for us guys. If you want to stop sharing your screen for a sec there, I'll be able to close this out. Thank you. Um, 
I want to thank you all. We actually, we want to thank you all for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Thanks so much for the dog and the cat and the cow part coming out there. Kyle, that was great. Um, yeah. Mike and Mike's insight is always unparalleled. And I appreciate both of you very much and what you do every day. Thank you so much. Um, uh, that's going to do it for, do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching, listening, however you enjoy us tonight. If you love the Beatles, hey, great. And- Chase Day. Oh, sorry. Sorry. What's that, Mike? I was about to say. <laughs> I'm gonna flash Mike's trash up in about two seconds so they can go find him because of his revolver rating. There we go. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, but need, needless to say that we all this is a, this is a fun one to do. It's our first two parter, uh, showing that we can do it a long career discography breakdown, of course. And what's our next one up? It's uh, Mr. Mick our Mars. Our next one is Mick that's... Mars, right, Kyle? Yep. Thank yep. you. His new solo album. Mick Mars' solo album. That's going to be next week, and I'm going to talk to my lads about that in a second. So, But for all of us here at the Super Producers, thanks so much for watching, listening. Stay safe. Take, take care. And...